Welcome to the Impact Church Aurora podcast. We pray that this week's message encourages you, engages you, and equips you to make an impact in the world around you. Now, get ready to receive the Word of God. I'm not sure what 2019 brought you. I'm not sure if you've met your health goals, your financial goals, your relational goals. Maybe we fell off at some point, but we're going to finish strong. And not only are you going to finish strong, but I'm going to finish strong, and we're going to finish strong, and we're going to lock hands, and we're going to cross 2019 together. We're not going to let anybody on the wayside. If you showed up this morning, you're coming with. You're going into your tomorrow. You're not going to be encumbered by the things that you dealt with. We're going to make sure that we finish strong together. Do I have anybody under the sound of my voice that says, yeah, not only am I going to finish strong, I'm taking my brothers. I'm taking my sisters. I'm taking my neighbors. I'm not going to allow weakness. I'm not going to allow the events to hold us back. We're going to finish strong. And it doesn't matter how you started. It doesn't matter where you are now. We're going to finish strong together. My assignment is to help guide the transition from 2019 to 2020. We're not going to get caught off guard in 2020. And how many know we have enough of the year behind us where we can kind of get a sense of how the year went. Did anyone have any disappointments? Did anyone have any letdowns? Did the thing you thought for sure was going to happen and you did the right thing and you still got the wrong result? Can anyone relate to that? I just want to remind you you're still on time. I want to remind you you're still on schedule. It may not have been the perfect season, but God still has an appointed time. And God is still very much on His throne. And he is ready to show you the things that we need to understand, the renewing of our mind, because the end of 2019 will very much determine how we start and live 2020. And I feel the Spirit of the Lord conveying me to tell you that just right around the horizon, just just beyond the next week, you got to turn me up, we are going to encounter something that is going to be the very thing you've been waiting for. Thank you because you're too important and you're too special and the words and the businesses and the ideas and the political clout and all those things that are bottled up inside of you yet to be released are too important for God to just leave alone so he had me stop by to remind you that we're going to finish strong we're going to finish together we're going to go forward and we will accomplish the very thing I just want to briefly Acknowledge those of you who are joining us online. Um, I will acknowledge our pastors. I want to acknowledge my wife. She's in the back somewhere. Um, Those of you who haven't seen me in a while or don't know me, my name is Luis. Since I was a teenager, my my beautiful sister has called me Lou, and it's stuck ever since. Everyone say hi, Lou. Um, I'm very excited to share with you. Um, we're coming off of a, just to share some personal 
Uh, we're coming off of a recent 10-day trip to Barcelona. Uh, for, for Yeah, feel free. Yeah, we got to pray for Barcelona. God's gonna, hey, God's going to send some of you guys to Barcelona. You wait and see. So yeah, go ahead and cheer. Uh, but God's going to end up having somebody start a church over there. So uh, it's going to happen. Uh, those of you who are close to me know that uh, my kids play competitive soccer. My son actually got an opportunity to train on the very ground that some of the greats train on, and he got a chance to play with their junior academy team. So we're, yeah, give, give a shout of praise. Yeah, Jesus told us to occupy. That means we're going to occupy every avenue, even if it's uh, youth sports, if it's rap, if it's the culture, if it's music, if it's politic, if it's the world of finance. Isn't it time we... we, we relieve some people who aren't even supposed to be there. They're messing up the place. They're, they're trying to do their best, but they just don't have the anointing. Isn't it time that you just go ahead and sat down where you're supposed to be sitting down? Isn't it time we begin to occupy the very world that God died for because you are his kids and you are on his agenda and it is time that we just show up and occupy every area, whether it's youth sports whether it's actual professional sports, I believe I'm speaking to you. Either you or your children will be CEOs of companies. Either you or your children will be running for office and sitting in Senate seats, maybe even in Pennsylvania Avenue at some point. I'm talking to a multitude of church this afternoon. I, I don't. It may be here. It may show up next week, or it may be in your spirit. But does someone realize that there is something great happening that we cannot allow to leave us? There is something great trying to transpire. So family, we're going to finish strong. Is there anyone agreement with that? We may have gotten knocked down a few times, but let's all get up and let's finish 2019 together. Amen. We're going to be studying the story of Joseph. And by the time it's done, over the next few teachings, you're going to know this story very well. I think Joseph gives us a great example of someone who started somewhere and had multiple opportunities to quit along the way. He got locked up. He got lied on. And he became the prime minister of Egypt. And in doing that, you see, Joseph doesn't even have one of the tribes named after him. Do you realize that? He's one, he's one of the 12. How come he doesn't have one of the tribes named after him? Because he wasn't supposed to have one of the tribes named after him. He was going to be the prime minister of the world over in the secular society. Yeah, his two boys ended up getting some of the tribes named after him. But that was a prophetic calling that out of Joseph, there's a Joseph anointing on this generation. And it's not always just going to show up under the four walls of the church. There is a Joseph anointing that maybe you won't hold a microphone next week, but you're called to lead something out there so you can bring them in here. And whether it's in here or out there, the kingdom of God will happen 
on earth as it is in heaven, no matter where we go. So there was a Joseph anointing, I believe, on this church that was supposed to be leading, not following. We're the ones supposed to be on TV. You're the ones supposed to be funding the new business that's coming out, not only in Silicon Valley, but how about in the Fox Valley? There are answers here within the body, and the Joseph anointing may not always look like it did, but it's supposed to be saving the world and at the same time saving the family. So we're going we're gonna to study them, and uh, we're going to pray. I'll release the musicians. If, if they want to hang out or if they feel led to whatever you guys want to do is fine with me. Uh, let's pray and let's get into the word. Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. We submit our hearts. We surrender our ego. And we say, speak, Holy Spirit. And we say we are listening, Holy Spirit. Because you want to convey something to us that we've been needing to hear. In fact, today we are eager to hear. We cannot allow one more service to go by without getting what you have for us. We are submitted to you. We thank you that you are helping and healing our community. You are helping and healing our families. You are renewing our minds. You are helping us finish strong. Father, we ask forgiveness. If we, if we sat on the bench, if we allowed an ache and pain to slow us down, but we understand that this is an important time right now. We understand that we are in a time of transition. We understand that we cannot afford to miss the ship. We thank you, Father, that you are doing something very special. And we are stepping up and stepping out. And we are casting aside anything that is encumbering us. We thank you that we are getting over ourselves. And we are living crucified through you. We're eager for this word, Father. And we thank you that you will teach us, you will correct us, you inspire us, you are leading us, and yes, we're going to finish strong. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Next week, we're going to have another, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it did kind of feel like we were closing the service out, didn't it? <laughs> okay, maybe not. It felt like it to me. Um. We're going we're gonna to jump in Genesis 37, and let's just get right in after it. Again, we're going to talk about finishing strong. Genesis chapter 37. Now Jacob dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the story of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons Abilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report to their father. That's kind of a weird job, right? The dad goes, hey, could you check out how things are? So he's there, and he's got to go back and tell his dad, that, hey, these guys are goofing around. And here's what makes it even worse. The Bible clearly tells us whose boys these were. Why does he do that? 
Because in those biblical times, there was a rank. And you see, he was sitting there with the sons of lower or inferior rank. And so they already didn't like this guy. He was already the chosen one. He was already the preferred one. And on top of that, he's got to go back and bring a bad report to his papa. If we're going to finish strong, we need to understand some things. And the first thing I want to share with you was Jacob was not afraid to send his son, even though he brought him a bad report. And I just want to talk to you for a second and just share with you that if we're going to finish strong, you need to understand that God is not intimidated to send you into trouble. I said, God is not intimidated to send you into trouble. I know it looks bad. I know there's trouble. I know the finances might be low. I know the kids maybe aren't acting 100% like they should be. But God is not intimidated to send you in the very midst of trouble. And the clue is, that's probably why he sent you. That's probably why he sent you because your voice needs to be there. Your love needs to be there. Your guidance needs to be there. So whatever's going on in your world, understand, God isn't surprised by it. He knows what's going on. He's not intimidated by your troubles. He's not intimidated by your lack of finances. He's not intimidated by your vocation or your company or your sales growth. He's not intimidated of the trouble that surrounds your life right now. That doesn't concern him. Sometimes it's hard to finish strong. And it seems like what we want to happen is the exact opposite of what is happening. But if we are to finish strong, I just want to encourage you. That's exactly when God shows up. That's exactly when God shows off. Moses was birthed right in the middle of Egypt. Samson was birthed right in the middle of the Philistines. You were birthed exactly where you needed to be. There is something that you're supposed to be doing. There is a difference that you make to the story. So family, whatever difference is going on in your world and in your life, God's not surprised by it. He's not threatened by it. In fact, he dropped you off like a soldier behind enemy lines because you're the difference maker. And we have a few different options. See, some of us, some of us have never dealt with this before, but some of us have. See, some of us know what it feels like to not quite fit in sometimes. And you can be kind of cool on the outside, but on the inside, you're like, you know, I kind of don't fit in. I'm kind of weird. I'm kind of strange. And my message to you today is that God's okay with that. God's okay that you don't look like everybody else. God is okay that you don't sound like everybody else. God is okay that you don't have the background that everybody else has. God is okay that you don't have the family that everybody else has. God is comfortable with whatever 
you are, and he wants to take you. So we need to understand, if we're going to finish strong, that no matter what differences are, no matter if it doesn't look the same, no matter if the ends don't meet or if it doesn't match, God is more interested. So we should be determined to stop being annoyed and start being anointed. I said, stop being annoyed and start being anointed. You're supposed to be in that family. You're supposed to be in that business. You're supposed to be in that community. You're supposed to be in that neighborhood. You're supposed to be exactly where you are right now. You, God did not lose you. You are not an accident, but you are supposed to allow the very anointing that is upon your life to permeate your situation, to permeate your community, to permeate that school district, to permeate your children. Because there is something that you're supposed to release in the atmosphere, and it is because you're different. So that's where Joseph is. Let's continue to read down in chapter or verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. He was the son of his old age. It was more difficult to have him. He didn't think he was going to get a Joseph. But when his brothers saw their father loved him, more than all the rest of the brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Do you realize that the reason why his papa loved him so much is because he wasn't even supposed to be there? We won't go back into the story. But they were believing for him to show up. And he wasn't even supposed to be there. In other words, God accomplished something impossible. See, you think, man, it might be impossible that anyone would ever look to me for leadership. It might be impossible that I ever run or start my own business. It might be impossible that God would send me to Barcelona to start a church out there. It might be impossible to think I might have enough money to where I could only take care of my family, but start my own orphanage, or to fund cancer research, or to fund a news organization that's going to give news a certain perspective that is more godly than both sides of the aisle. But I just want to remind you, that's exactly why God chose you. See, God is not into the natural. God is into the impossible. God wants to accomplish the impossible. So whatever seems impossible in your life to know, that's why God is choosing you. Because he knows and everybody else does that you can't do it by yourself. Because it'll bring him even more glory to see from where you are to where you're going. God is not interested in all that. That makes sense. Yeah, I always knew they were going to do that. God wants to take you where you are and take you to a level of impossibility that people will say, how did that happen? There must be a God on a throne somewhere because I knew that person and I knew where they came from. I knew how they studied. I knew they didn't have those qualifications. And look at the impossibility 
that happened in their life. Is there anyone that's still willing to believe for the impossible in their lives? I'm talking about God wants to bless you. God wants to give you a platform. God wants to give you a voice. God wants to make you the answer. And it is because he was the impossible child that his father loved him so much. And my point to that is if you're going to finish strong, we shouldn't be complaining about how much further we have to go. Because that's the reason he called you. Because it's impossible. Verse 23. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers and they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into the pit. The pit was empty. There was no water in it. Let me just refresh. And they saw him coming. They were feeding. And as he was coming, they saw that coat that was on him, that coat that distinguished him. And they began to speak to themselves. And they said, you know what? Let's kill this dude. We're far away from home. Let's kill him. So the first thing they did is they stripped him of his tunic. In other words, the thing that distinguished him, the thing that made him Joseph, the thing that his father put upon him to bless him and to anoint him and to let everybody know the favor that was appointed, that was the very first thing that they attacked. I just want to remind you, that is exactly this pattern of the enemy. That's why he's been trying to attack you. He is trying to attack the thing that separates you from everybody else. The gift that's upon your life. The anointing that you have upon you. That is what Satan wants to attack. He wants to minimize you. Because if he can take your coat, he thinks he will take you out of the game. And they took him and they took that coat and they ripped it. The very thing that distinguished him. It's like someone asked uh, Tim Tebow, a sports person, say, hey, aren't you sad you're not playing football anymore? Aren't you sad that, you know, you're, you're not doing all that well in baseball? Isn't this who you are, a professional athlete? Aren't you defined by what you can do? And he said, I need you guys to know something about me. I am an athlete but I'm a son of the Most High God. And what I do does not define me. So even if I can't preach, I'm still a son of God. And if I can't sing, I'm still a son of God. And if you take my books from me, I'm still a son of God. And if they take your vocation from you, you are still a son or a daughter of the Most High God. You are not defined by what you can do, but you are defined by whose you are. So I want to remind you this afternoon that if the enemy has been coming against your identity, against what you can do and who you are, I want to remind you that even if they take that coat off of you, you are still his. You are not defined by the coat of many colors. And he says, after I'm done playing sports, I'll still be a child of God. That doesn't define me. Whose I am defines me. And if we're going to finish the race, you need to understand that the attack of the enemy is to try to get you to stop doing what it is you do. You might be the kindest person. 
and you're the person who smooths everything out at work, well, the enemy is going to try to get you to have a bad attitude and have that workplace go down. You might be the life of the party, and your job is to crack jokes, and the enemy wants to make it so you're just drowning in depression and despair. You might be in a situation where God has called you to be the financial backbone of a family and even to fund a community. And now the enemy is trying to mess with your finances a little bit. Understand this. None of those things define you. Even if you don't have a dollar in the bank account, that doesn't define you. Even if you don't have nothing to say from a microphone, that doesn't define you. Even if you can't sing good, can't preach good, won't shout good. Even if when you dance is off step and it doesn't make much sense, that does not define you. You are not defined by the the plaques that are hanging on the wall. You are not defined by your acumen or your education. You're not defined by your past. You're not even defined by your future. You are defined by the fact that God did something in you and he adopted you and you became engrafted into the vine and he calls you son and he calls you daughter. And he be- you belong to him. You're his baby. So let's cast everything else aside. And now we don't have to be jealous about each other. Now we don't have to covet each other. Now we don't have to try to push each other around or or put each other down. Because it's not about the coat that you wear. It's about the fact of what happened in here. You don't even understand the things he had to take off of me in order to get me to where I am right now. Can anybody testify? You don't understand the things that God had to get you through, that he had to reshape and refurbish your mind and heal your heart and remove bitterness and anger and all sorts of bogusness just to get you to the place where you can say, I have a father in heaven. And I just want to remind you that that is what defines you. So don't get it twisted. Our identity He said, I'm still Joseph whether or not I wear this coat. I want to share in closing one more thing. If you can bring up that scripture, and then we're going to have a time of prayer as we open up this story. Verse 27, come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him. For he is our brother and our flesh. As his brothers listened, then Midianite traders passed by. So the brothers pulled Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. Here's why that story is particularly sad. And this is the last thing. And I'll just give you the close. The, the last lesson that God has for us to learn in this service is if we're going to cross the finish line together, we cannot be afraid of the voice of man. I said we can't be afraid of what people say. And sometimes the way God does that is he builds us up along the way. Here's something tragic that happened. Who are the Ishmaelites? The Ishmaelites was actually their cousins. 
Ishmael was the firstborn of Abraham. Abraham was the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That was his great-great-granddaddy. The Ishmaelites were coming around. It was his very own family. I want to encourage you that in this next transition, that if you're having a situation going on with your parents, if you're having a situation going on with your best friends, maybe even your coworkers, I just want to encourage you. God is building something inside of you. And I want to encourage you, you're going to get through it. It's going to be okay. Because if, if God is building something within me, and let's say something's going on with me and my father, that'd be a pretty painful situation. But you know what? If I can get through that situation and say, you know what? Yeah, dad, I forgive you. I don't, I don't know what you went through. I don't know what your story is, but I forgive you. And at the same time, I'm not afraid to tell you the truth. That's exactly who God wants to raise up. Because how are you going to stand up if God has you present yourself to the world? If God has you present yourself to the media? And they try to ridicule you in the newspapers and they try to make fun of you. But God is teaching you something right now. He is building within you the capacity to say, I've been through thick and thin. I've been through it a situation with my family, with my coworkers. I've been through situations that were painful, but guess what? I came out the other side, and guess what? I'm healed now. So because I had to go through that situation, now I don't care who anybody is. I don't care if this is the president of the United States. I don't care if it's the mayor of a certain city. I don't care if it's the CEO of my company. I don't care who it is because I've been through a situation with my family and I've been through a situation with my friends and I've been through a situation with my neighbors and that has emboldened me and now I don't fear the voice of man. So I have no problem telling somebody I don't even know what they need to hear from God. So I want to encourage you Whatever the situation is, we're going to finish the cross line together. But God is building within us the ability to not be afraid of what other people think. Well, what would they say if they find out I'm a Christian? What would they say if I, if I invite somebody to church and they call me all sorts of names? What if I step out and I start living the life and all of a sudden they accidentally see me do something I shouldn't? I want to encourage you, family. We're going to cross this finish line together. And in order to do that, we can't be afraid of what other people think and what other people say. So let us determine here and now that we're, not, we're going to block out the bogusness. In fact, we're not even going to let people say things in front of us that shouldn't be said. Is anyone ready to cross the finish line? Family, if you grab the hand of somebody next to you. Feel free to stand. Feel free to kneel.
Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the name of Jesus. And Father, we ask forgiveness. There are things and places that you want us to go. And you've asked us to cross the finish line together. So Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we're going to grab our brothers and sisters by the hands and we're going together. We're not going to be afraid of the voice of man. We're not going to be afraid of what other people say about us. We're not going to be afraid to accomplish great things for you. We are not going to be afraid. We're going to go together. We're going to go to boldly. We thank you, Father God, that we've learned today that what we do doesn't define us. But we thank you, Father, that we are defined because we are yours and we are led by you. And we declare that we will be one with one another as you and the Father are one. Family, go ahead and just go on into worship. And seek God for your family. Seek God for your community. Thank you for listening to this week's message on the Impact Church Aurora podcast. Please feel free to subscribe, rate, and review. For more information or to give, please visit us at www.impactchurchaurora.com. Now, go out into the world and continue making an impact.